it starts with the dude having to chop his own foot off, but it's like a flashback. So that doesn't help like which one it is. And yeah. I almost threw up in the theater. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I'm going to throw up. And then <laughs> I made it through that. And I just remember, you're not jigsaw, bitch. Like over and over again. And it just made me laugh. But then it's like it like it goes into this thing where it's like this one dude is like strapped. All of the extremities are strapped in. It just starts turning them. So all his bones start popping out. And I was like, oh, for some reason I can handle that. Like I can handle the rest of the movie. But like five minutes in, it I, was feels like, more cartoony. I was like, I don't know if I have this. I don't know if I can do this. So anyways, we get we get to the cabin. Finally. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And this is David. And today I finally watched Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. And today we have a special guest, Patrick from Vintage Video Podcast. Hey there, happy to be here. And Patrick has seen these two films before. Yes. Um, We did the first The Evil Dead movie last year. And that was like, it's funny because I've seen all of these years ago, multiple times, but it's been a while, like since last year. And I watched this and the, the memories seeping in from Evil Dead 2 and the first Evil Dead just kind of fought each other in my head. I was like, what, which I thought they were all college kids, but they're not like, (laughs) So yeah. this this is just like I don't know it's like every rendition of this move of these movies Sam Raimi decided just to have a different start like hey I'm just going to erase the uh the origin how it begins and just make up a new one every freaking time. Yeah. Well, uh, I th- I was reading so first of all uh Patrick Alan when we uh when we were planning this year's like crop of Halloween movies was like, uh, we should just skip to Army of Darkness because Evil Dead 2 is like the exact same thing, <laughs> which is not. It's no, like, it's not at all. <laughs> it's not. And then two, I was reading, and it actually makes sense when you watch the beginning of this, that Evil Dead 2 is supposed to be a sequel. They just don't ad- really address that. Like, basically, he's been act- through this. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't address that he's been through it. He doesn't act right. like he's ever had this happen to him before. It's like all new to him again. Um, but it is supposed to be a sequel and it makes sense with that opening. Um, and then with like the evil dead, like with the army of darkness, like transition, the way it shows it at the end and then like kind of redoes it again, like the connective tissue of the three movies. Um, yeah. which of these three, which do you like the most of the three? Um, it would definitely be either two or army of darkness. Um, I think I'm I'm tempted to just say Army of Darkness because it's definitely the one I've seen the most times. That sitting down to it to rewatch it recently for this, um, I was surprised how much of it I had memorized because I was just every single line I would say it before he said it because I was like, oh, wow, I, I haven't seen this movie in probably a decade. And I still remember everything he's going to say. Well, I think the most iconic lines from the whole franchise right. is mostly in Army of Darkness. And all that stuff got recycled into like Duke Nukem also like so much of like what he says comes specifically from this movie. Like, But even just the character itself too, like the feel yeah. of Ash and, and the way Bruce Campbell goes about it. If you, if you see like the, the way Bruce acts in the first one, the second one up to army of darkness, he becomes way more action hero than horror. Yeah victim i guess yeah you see the the confidence is inflating over over time and he comes into this one as a fully formed hero already he's he's gonna save the day in the first 10 seconds which doesn't make any sense because he's just a store clerk (laughs) (laughs) i mean he has been through these deadite attacks multiple times at this point yeah i guess that's true he's got a resume i I, am i i also was noticing like for through the first two movies but mostly just talking about evil dead this time because or evil dead 2 this time i was like you can't tell from evil dead 2 if he is a good actor like <laughs> it's just kind of very I think you can tell that he's fun and when they do like no, the close-ups and stuff like that 
Absolutely. But in Army of Darkness, even though that movie is still absurd, I was like, oh, no, he's a good actor. Right. I don't know, yeah. if, he got, I don't know if he got better, but like Probably. he was really good. <laughs> Yeah, I think, darkness. I think he got better. I, I don't think you could say Bruce Campbell's a good actor in the first Evil Dead at all. Um, but I, I do think I know he got lots of like physical training for Army of Darkness. So I, I think he put way more into this one. Also, it was a studio picture and he's the lead character. So it's something where they're going to want him to be better. I'm sure they hired all kinds of experts to be like, I know you're the lead character of the previous two installments, but we need to make you into a movie star before we're going to put a Universal logo at the front of this. <laughs> The the premise, though, is just insane for Army of Darkness because where it goes in that right. film compared to the the entirety of the first and second Evil Dead, it's just you don't feel like, oh, OK, medieval time travel war movie. Right. That's where we're going to go with it. And it, it almost... just feels like the title was definitely Medieval Dead first and then... They they wrote to that title and then changed the title at the last second, but that's not the case. Although it is called Medieval Dead in the UK, I guess. But but I, that's that was just his idea for the next a, story. Such a better title. Well, so I yeah. read that he wanted to call it Medieval Dead, and the studio was like, absolutely not. That they didn't really want it <laughs> to be connected to the uh, to the. They first didn't film. have the vision. Right. Yeah. That's always the studio always messes that up. That's like um, the movie Lawless was supposed to be like the wettest county in the whole world or something like that. And then yeah. we did we did Pirate Radio, which like in the UK was the boat that rocked, which is like a yeah, I remember times that better yeah. of a fucking title than Pirate Radio. Um, I am um, watching these two this time though. I liked Evil Dead Two a lot more, and I think that's just because Army of Darkness. I think is like. It's something you need to watch as a kid, probably, or a little bit younger. Like, sure. to me, to me, I was like, oh, I've seen The Princess Bride and I've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights. Like, this is kind of an Evil yeah. Dead spin on those two things, right? I was, thinking, sure. I was thinking Monty Python a lot. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. All of that. Three Stooges, right? Like, if the Three Stooges yeah. were fighting Deadites in, like, medieval times, that's also what this <laughs> would be. Um, but, like, Evil Dead 2, I was like just laughing out loud which i don't do that much like i'm a dead inside person when it comes to like something has to really make me laugh <laughs> and i was really laughing at a lot of evil dead too and i I'm, part of that's probably because it was a little bit unexpected because i didn't realize like it evil dead one is actually like very scary very well not scary now but at the time very scary very gory yeah. like going for it and then Evil Dead 2 was just a comedy that has like these scary They're elements. Like, Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. E Evil Dead, I feel like, crosses some lines that are uncomfortable in a way that the rest of the franchise does not at all. Like it's it's all it's actually pretty family friendly, even though there's like lots of blood. It's so much blood that it becomes a joke again. And it becomes like not scary yeah. anymore. But also, so I was also reading that like so the MPAA like kept give like the one right. of the reasons these movies are so short is because they were trying to get it to an R and they just couldn't for Evil Dead 2. So it just it was yeah. X, but then they just let it go unrated. Um, and then Army of Darkness, he was trying to get it to a PG-13 and the MPA like would not budge. They're like, no, this is an R, which is yeah. crazy today because that is like barely a PG-13 almost, it feels like. like it's Yeah, I, there, the, there's definitely scarier stuff in every Marvel movie, which are all PG-13. Yeah, people like it, millions of people die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know speaking of marvel movies sam raimi did the uh the second doctor strange and what i love right. about his style that he i i think he decided to go all in with this much more than he did with spider-man but when you look at multiverse of madness and then you look at the evil dead movies you see a lot of the zoom in like the camera tropes and his like use of horror movie elements in uh in Doctor Strange, yeah, that that it like it's the exact same shot from one of these Evil Dead films, but it's like finessed, like made real clean. Right, right, right. Yeah, he he just gets I more and more it. professional as he goes. Yeah, yeah, but he 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 like his camera work gets more professional, but his like his eye just like stays the same. Have you seen the Quick and the Dead? No. I feel like that has some of his best camera work in anything. It's it's a, just a Western, and it's about like a tournament-style shootout in this small town, and uh, it's just insane. But it's also Sam Raimi directing, and it just has 
really incredible camera work. Just imagine him going full Sam Raimi on a Western. It's it's really wonderful. And the cast is incredible. It's like Leonardo DiCaprio and Gene Hackman. Oh, you know, Russell. I've was seen... Was Russell Crowe in that one too? Yeah, lots I've of people. A... Really good clip of this where they're all on skateboards right to get the shot to get the like the zoom in shot oh i don't know about that i don't know if i've seen that so i think i think that's the movie where they put all the actors on skateboards and they attach ropes to them so that they as they dolly the camera they pull the actor so you get this double dolly <laughs> zoom that's great uh, the behind the scene footage is insane because you have all this like western background but then you have like all these actors on skateboards yeah, <laughs> so I never, I never knew Sam Raimi directed that. I bought that one recently to watch, and I didn't know that that was one of his. Um, oh yeah, it's great. It's it might be my favorite of, of his movies, honestly. Uh, Alan, did you notice since you're talking about shots now? Did you notice? And I always think of this as like the um, the Spike Lee shot where you had in Army of Darkness as he's telling everyone what to do in the castle. He's sort of just being dollied along, oh, like so you yeah. can tell he's not actually walking, but he's moving forward. Yes, I, um, I did. I didn't notice. Obviously, that. slightly different than the way Spike Lee does it, but um, one of one of the best, I think, kind of, and this is kind of me just starting to talk about the beginning of Evil Dead Two, but one of the best shots in this film, to to like a comedy perspective, is <laughs> when he's being thrown back like a bajillion yards, and then you find out he's only like maybe twenty feet away from the cabin, right. It's one of my favorite shots in the whole thing. You're talking about when he's like spinning around in front of the camera and hitting and he's all like, the branches on the way out. passing all these trees, hitting all these branches. He must be like, I don't know, like 50 miles from the damn thing. And then he yeah. like comes out of the puddle and he does that 360 shot. And it's just you notice that he's gone no more than like 20 feet. Yeah, we just saw him fly over a mountain range and he's still in the front yard. I thought it was cool the start where they um I guess they must have used like a miniature for the bridge, right? That they're driving over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And in this one it's like this totally like this setting that doesn't even probably exist, right? Like a one la- like a a bridge that's built just for this cabin, <laughs> like for these yeah. people to stay at this one cabin. Um and it's like a 100 foot tall bridge over like a gorge <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, wh- I was like, why are they showing us this bridge so much? And then like, oh, obviously, oh, it makes sense because I forgot, you know, in this being a sequel, it also is sort of just like a reimagination of the first Evil Dead. Yeah. And they need that bridge so that they can't leave, which is like they had a different way of doing that in the previous I, one, I think. I almost have to think of this movie as a complete um, retelling of the first Evil Dead, because if I look at it as a sequel, then Ash is a fucking dick. <laughs> Quit going He's to cabins, like, Let's go man. To this cabin. Nothing weird's <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs> Bring her to the same cabin. Um, but yeah, I mean, we probably should start about at the beginning. Uh, so he brings his girlfriend to the cabin, um, which almost seems like the way they're talking about it seems like a last minute plan, right? Um, and, and it's they, not even like a friend's cabin or someplace they rented. No. They're literally just squatting on a place. We don't even know how he knows about it, do we? I mean, unless canonically from the first film, he remembers this cabin that he got attacked in once. It's kind of crazy, too, because the first movie leaves off with like the spirit going through uh, the doorways. He's in the backyard. The spirit like busts through the front door, busts through the back door and then inadvertently hits him. And then that's how the first movie ends. So you you don't know what happens to him. But they kind of replay this scene in this movie because very quickly in evil dead 2 uh as he's checking out the book and there's just a very nice exposition recording of the whole thing right there right as he's doing that his girlfriend gets attacked and then he gets attacked in a much similar way that evil dead ends right so it's like the first 10 minutes of this movie is just like a it's like taking the whole the first movie and then just put condensing it into the the opening of this film. Yeah, it's like a uh, last time on Evil Dead, and then they just recap the first film, and then they do the same thing again at the beginning of Army of Darkness. And I like how it's slightly different for both too. Like right, yeah, like, they they reshot some of it because like they, they wanted could, it to yeah, look like nice. they didn't have. I think it actually was a rights issue. And then the other funny thing, skipping ahead an entire movie, but they recast Linda yes, yes. as Bridget Fonda <laughs> for yeah. 
what like one minute <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't even they didn't even try to make it look like her they get short hair different dress <laughs> like the whole thing is completely off so when i watched it i was like oh so clearly she's gonna get somehow thrown back into medieval times too it was like right. nope nope <laughs> that was just for the recap segment and that's it and she's then like oh a payday i'll take that well what's even funnier too is like in evil dead 2 there's two no there's three girls in that uh, right. There's there's his girlfriend Linda. There's Bobby Joe, I think, and then there's the the main girl. I forget her name. Whatever. Yeah, Annie. But and Beth Annie. Davids. Right, and so when they recap the whole thing in Army of Darkness, they don't fucking mention them at all. Right. Like they don't exist. But it's fun. It's it's because um, I I don't know the reason why, but it's. Uh, Annie is the one who kind of defeats the evil anyways uh but they pull the whole focus on on Ash so yeah you know the the other thing you didn't mention when they have that camera POV shot as they throw him hundreds and hundreds of feet is that as he lands it's now daytime and so he <laughs> turns back into normal and then 15 seconds later the sun goes away <laughs> yeah as after he tries to leave and it's night again um, but and I was like, oh, is he going to turn again? But no, he doesn't turn like the the mechanics of how the evil dead sh- shows up in people is like it's not right. fluid. Uh, it's, it's it's not like it doesn't happen the same way every time. Um, and then we get to meet all these new characters trying to come over. And um, I'm very interested in like what Bobby Joe sees in Jake. <laughs> <laughs> it's his southern country charm. It's just it's the lack of options is what it seems like. Yeah, it definitely feels like a mismatch, though, when they first show up. <laughs> You're just like, wait, what happened? Is he just giving this person a ride? What's going on? They work it, together? It, is this a co-worker <laughs> at the store? It felt like that, right? Because she just ends up behind them, like, chewing her bubble gum, and she's like, yeah, it's going to cost you. It's like, well, why? who made you the dealer in this? <laughs> like, Yeah. She negotiates all the prices. That's her part. <laughs> she, I, she blows out the bridge. It's not even a storm. It's just her. I love TNT. that the broken bridge looks like a hand, like yeah. gripping the end so that he can't get off of it. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in, in both movies is the headless dance scene that then she gets her head <laughs> just out of nowhere. And it's kind of like if you saw the first movie and like went into this a little blind, which I think happened more back in the like eighties, nineties of like, Oh, you know, yeah. I'll just go see the evil dead Two movie. I don't even know what it's about. It's going to be great. That like is the scene where you're like, Oh, okay. So this is a different movie. <laughs> this is a different <laughs> right. experience yeah. than What I saw the first time. I, uh, my sister-in-law, her, uh, claymation really freaks her out. And so I think, uh, to her, that would have played more in the horror category than the comedy category. Yeah, but it's still, it's still it doesn't ridiculous. feel like a normal horror movie. I no. do love stop motion and horror, though. There's some really great stuff in The Gate, if you guys have seen that one. I haven't seen that, The Gate. They just yeah. like re not re-released it, but like there's like a bunch of copies of that out now, like with like a new cover or whatever that I saw. I'd never heard of that movie, but it's a um, it's like an 80s movie, right? With a yeah. child child actor Stephen Dorff as like one of the yeah. main characters. A, lo- a lot of good nightmare fuel imagery in that movie. Hands with eyeballs in the palm getting stabbed out with glass shards and phones melting while people are talking on them and stuff. It's very cool. Lots of cool effects in that. I can't handle eyeball stuff and like Achilles stuff. Just like that's, that's that's the shit that gets me. Oh, Um, that's, that's what gets you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're never going to be doing any like saws or hostels on this, on this. Yeah. That's that's what I always think of. That's the, the epic Achilles shot is hostile for sure. (laughs) I've only ever seen one saw movie and, um, it was either three or four. I cannot figure out which one, but (laughs) it starts with the dude having to chop his own foot off, but it's like a flashback. So that doesn't help like which one it is. And I almost threw up in the theater. Oh god. I was like I'm going to throw up. And then <laughs> I made it through that and I just remember you're not jigsaw bitch like over and over again and it just made me laugh. But then it's like it like it goes into this thing where it's like this one dude is like strapped all of the extremities are strapped in it just starts turning them. So all his bones start popping out and I was like, "Oh, for some reason I can handle that. Like I can handle the rest of the movie." But like it five minutes in I was like 
I was like, I don't know if I have this. I don't know if I can do this. So anyways, we get we get <laughs> to the cabin. Uh, we get back to the cabin and Ash. I, I like how much Bruce Campbell is just holding this movie on his shoulders for like a good 50, 55 percent of this this whole thing because uh, we're yeah. not introduced to the other people and they have a they have an interesting backstory too is like she's the daughter of the people who actually own this cabin yeah and they're going there to, she's to, expecting to, her father to be here when they get there they have pages of the book which felt like that plays into a big hand in the in the end and then when they come i love when they arrive he just shoots the door right and um I mean, honestly, I would, too. I'm not even, you know, I yeah. can't even blame him for that one. Right decision. Uh, but but they take, uh, t- you know, they overpower him. The two guys overpower him, at least. And then one of the, like, probably the most horror thing in this movie slash, like, co- comedic timing is when they throw him down in the cellar and they play the father's recording and they're like, I, he's like, I don't know what to do with my wife. I had to throw her in the cellar. And then like the camera pans to the cellar. And then we see <laughs> from Bruce's perspective, Henrietta down there. Yeah. Oh, my God. So great. And I, I think the the person who plays Henrietta is Sam's brother. Yeah, it's Ted. It's Ted. Who, yeah. who shows up as like a bunch of characters in Army of Darkness, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you did skip over some good stuff, like the whole hand scene um oh yeah uh, and uh how could i forget then there's the head in the vice chainsaw scene which he like knows exactly where the chainsaw is so it does feel like oh this is the same cabin <laughs> he's like i remember this but he but forgot to like, put it away last time because it's the, not there anymore <laughs> the chalk outline of where it should <laughs> <Yeah>. be too <laughs> and then there's oh the scene God. where he's looking in the mirror and he's like i'm I fine and he's like i don't don't think so it's also yeah. great and, and then perfect match for when they follow it up with more mirror shots where it's actually a mirror and it's like man that had to take so much attention to detail even just lighting it so that he looks the same in the reflection as he does when he's actually standing there and then they decided to up the ante again with that same shot or that same idea of shots in army of darkness when they have the little ones running from everywhere from like yeah. the the shards of the mirror breaking, and the way he uses it, and just you know talking about multi multiverse of madness, the the reflecting uh, Wanda shots in that movie, and how he does it there and uses that yeah. as a horror element is just fantastic. Keep going back to multiverse of madness, but I it's, <laughs> it was honestly one of my favorite uh, Marvel films of of Phase Five, so four whatever um so after henrietta appears which she is probably like the i guess the most horror element of this you know to me um you have like the eyeball in the mouth scene yeah which is pretty disgusting um and then what i think after this it's like bobby joe runs off and then jake holds them at gunpoint We're like we gotta go find bobby joe she's the only woman that'll <laughs> sleep with me <laughs> Uh, the the thing with like Ash is trying to warn them this entire time, like, look, you got to let me go. I know how to deal with this. You, you don't know what you're you're getting into. And then very quickly with the Henrietta scene going from the witch to her mother, they kind of learn like, oh, we can't trust. We can't trust anything. But the way that uh, Bobby Joe runs out and they're just like they look out the window, they're like the trail. It's gone. I'm like, <laughs> what trail? Like, how can you see shit out there? Honestly, yeah. I, I think the, they're just trying to explain like, well, why don't they all leave through the trail that they took that that crosses that gorge under the bridge? And the reason is because the trees have just seemed to swallow it up and there's no way out anymore. They're literally stuck in this cabin again. A second path out has closed behind them. And then the way that Sam kind of plays with the trees, like the, the claymation trees coming in. Um, and then, of course, the I would say it's more iconic in the first one, but the iconic uh, tree vine scene capturing the girl. Right, right. Um, is played here. I actually like the the way they execute the, the fir- in the first movie better than yeah. what they do with Bobby Joe. I think I like the second one better. I think I think the second movie actually solves a lot of my problems with the first one um, oh. in a way that I feel like 
Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness together work fine as the franchise on their own in a way that like I feel like I don't even have to revisit the first movie as much. No, I, I mean, these two definitely are like they connect perfectly, especially when they open the book and they see little Ash holding the chainsaw and they're like, <laughs> well, that, that's uh, that that must be from the 1300s. It's like this is the guy that that got rid of the evil. And then Bruce is like, he didn't do a very good job. <laughs> it's great how they not how they didn't notice that it's him i don't know but. yeah uh the the other thing so when the um as someone who hadn't seen this when her father is like the ghost comes back and he's like hey you have to read the rest of this to get rid of the evil i was like i don't know that seems like kind of a trick like how can we trust these people like right, right, know, right. he seems possessed too um and i think I don't know. There's a lot of killing right after after this. That's because sort of the end of it is like, well, Ash turns again, which I think is I think that's kind of some of the funnest parts, too. Besides him fighting his hand, I imagine playing that for him was fun to like have the makeup I'm sure. all on. Oh, when he turns, I can't even remember if it's this movie. I think it's this movie where he turns and then he slowly starts turning back. I thought the way they did the makeup on that was really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah when he's yeah. looking in the mirror, I was like, that was for like the small budget this movie had, I thought that was really great. Was that Greg Nicotero? Did he do the effects for this? I mean, you got to be the expert on this. I assume so. I, I'm going to, I'm going to you. check. Um, when uh, the first time I saw this on film was uh, a screening at the new Beverly that uh, it was a double feature of evil dead two and raising Arizona because they came out on the same day and the Coens and Ramey are good friends, obviously. Um, and Greg That's Nicotero some, uh... was there for the screening and he brought uh a screen used uh necronomicon i don't remember uh, which film it was from the fact that evil dead and raising arizona that that's strong barbenheimer vibes right there (laughs) yeah but uh and those guys you know i mean the the ramey's or or ramey wrote what did he write for them hudsucker proxy and then they wrote the the what was the comedy crime movie that he did between oh. evil dead and army of darkness blanking on that oh yeah i was just now. reading about this because it didn't do that well right yeah um which is why he was like okay fine i'll make more evil dead movies <laughs> yeah it was also like the you know we just did um miller's crossing where he appears as like a crooked cop that like just kills a guy right and then he gets fucking gunned down um <laughs> what is the name of that movie Crime Wave. That was it. I didn't look yeah. that up at all. <laughs> um, and I think, I don't know. You know, it's funny. So, I mean, there's not much really to say about the end of this, except it sort of just leads into the next movie. I mean, obviously, we could go on detail by detail. But I. it was funny when we planned doing this, I was like, you know, Alan was like, oh, we don't even need to do Evil Dead 2. And I was like, all right, well, we'll probably, you know, I want to focus more on Army of Darkness anyway, so we'll do Evil Dead 2 very quickly. But like I said in the beginning, I kind of enjoyed this one. Uh, like, I'll, I I enjoyed this one a lot more than Army of Darkness. Um, I still liked Army of Darkness, a lot of it. But like, this movie was really good. And it's kind of interesting now to see. I haven't seen the Evil Dead remake in 2013 or Evil Dead Rises, and now I guess I'm saving it so we can do it eventually. But sure. those look like super kind of scary and dark, sort of returning to like the roots of the first one. Yeah, um, I agree. So it and and then I guess you have the Ash versus Evil Dead TV series that got canceled after like three seasons. So it is just it's interesting the different directions that like this series has kind of taken, like comedy horror versus just straight horror. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I really liked this one. And then it sort of ends with uh, him opening this space-time rift and uh, getting sent into medieval times, which I was like, I didn't realize it was going to connect in that way. I didn't know how, like, the, you know, like, the how the thought process, because originally he wanted to do Army of Darkness as the second movie. Right. And so yeah. he sort of just alludes to it at the end of this and then gets the money from Universal to do it later. Yeah, it's funny because the the original title that he had for the second movie was Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead and the Army of Darkness, which actually has the titles of the entire trilogy in one title. (laughs) Uh, And a couple last things I want to say about this. So um, I love the line where she's, you know, the the 
ghostly character at the end is like, I'll swallow your soul. And he says, swallow this as he shoots her in the face. <laughs> and then also one of the big, huge, like it's not animatronic, but like designed things that like bust through the wall at one point uh, was too big for them to carry back. So they just left it in North Carolina where they filmed this. And, oh yeah. Um, they had no idea where it went. And then they found it in a haunted house. Someone had just taken and appropriated it for their haunted house. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's yeah. so good. Uh, but then, yeah, he gets sucked in the portal. And then uh, the end of this movie is like, oh, now we're in medieval times. And then it ends. But then, you know, he does the whole like, this is my boomstick line, which is great. And it's iconic. Um, but then when Army of Darkness starts, it just decides to say like, fuck how we got here again. This is just kind of the <laughs> new way we're doing it. And it does not start the way like he shoots the dead out of the air and everything like that. He starts out being like hated by everyone, like a total slave and everything instead of like the hero that, that kind of evil dead two ends on, you know? Yeah. The gun is saved as like a reveal later in the story. Right. Which is, right. Which is better. <laughs> yeah. I like how um, it's, is it King Arthur? It's not King Arthur, but it's Arthur, right? Yeah. But I don't even think I, I kept getting confused because he kind of looked different. He did different stuff with his hair. But <laughs> Arthur's like, wise man, come over here. Tell me what I should do. And he's like, I think this is the guy that's prophesized. And Arthur's like, nah, nah, we're just going to throw this guy in the pit. Uh, and then when uh, when Ash is talking about his backstory, he's like, yeah, I just work at at Smart and um and everything that goes on with that is just so funny because the way it calls back to it at the end is probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, but it brings up a great question that you brought up, Patrick, was that how does this guy who, oh, David, you brought this up? How does this guy who's just worked this like uh, grocery shopping job his whole <laughs> life, college student perhaps, it's just like this trained professional killer of demons well i know because yeah, he's, he's not he doesn't have to be the marksman in the first couple movies because it's all pretty up close combat with a chainsaw most of the time so it is impressive that suddenly he's able to shoot people over his shoulder backwards and stuff without looking i i uh i like his line so we get we get to meet henry the red and he's assumed to be one of the bad guys in that group although we don't get the the geopolitical what's going on between these two it just seems like they're both fighting each other and fighting the the demons the the evil right. dead and um i like his line of like well hello mr fancy pants and right now you're only leading jack and shit and jack's like off on his own or whatever like <laughs> yeah jack, jack left, left town. town yeah yeah his his lines in this movie are my favorite like of the series like i think he's just given a lot of really good stuff which i guess apparently he ad-libbed quite a bit yeah, and a lot of it was also Sam Raimi like trying to get cornier and cornier as he went to the point that Bruce Campbell a few times was like, I'm not going to say that. There's no way I'm going to say, <laughs> give me some sugar, baby. And then finally, he's like, no, 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 you're going to say it. It's going to be great. And he's like, all right, whatever. Well, it I, also it comes out of nowhere. He's like being an asshole to her and she runs off. And he's like, real quick, though. And then you find out later they they had sex. Clearly. He's like, oh, that was pillow talk, baby. Like, just pillow talk. <laughs> the, the thing that goes through his mind, I bet, is like he's a dick to her, right? Because she was kind of a dick to him. And then he's like, oh, shit, I might die on this trip. Like, <laughs> I need to get some. And my wife and I were debating debating about this because for him, didn't only like two days pass before his girlfriend die? Like, yeah, probably how, something like that. We don't know how serious they were, right? <laughs> No, so he's wow. a man. <laughs> wow. With needs. Wow. Um the the um going back to his like smart days and stuff like that when his whole like thing about this is my boomstick, you can get it at shop smart shop smart aisle 12 yeah. go, like sporting goods. Ah, my god. Like if that's the corny shit, I was like, I but I love it. Like that's some of the best parts of the movie yeah i like that the shoelace line worked on a guy who probably wasn't wearing shoes with laces <laughs> or had never heard of shoelaces yeah. um and i really love the pit scene which is it it's always funny like they'll th it's like 
such a just like a, a trope in movies now where they throw the first guy down the pit. You don't see what happens and you just hear like horrible noises and he dies yeah. immediately. In this case, blood spurts out everywhere. And then he goes down there and it's like 30 seconds before anyone even touches him. And it's just like this yeah. lady who knows karate and can like do gymnastics. And there's also plenty <laughs> of room on either side of the spikes to just right? be like, I'm just going to go over here. I'm not going to yeah. stand in front of the spikes. He looks <laughs> he looks down at the like the end of the cave and it's just like there's like a like a basin with like maybe a few like outlets or whatever you call those like little side the alcoves alcoves thank you david um and that's where the witch comes from and then when the spikes closing in all of a sudden that's not there all of a, all of a sudden there's there's four walls and nowhere to go <laughs> um so he gets back up and this immediately leads into like the most iconic part of the movie um which i was just like waiting for to happen uh and it is funny that immediately everyone's just like oh my god like this is our hero like clearly he's even though he then lets the bad guys loose or the other bad guys. Right. I think what wins them over is he shoots into the crowd and I was like, whoa, where's this movie going? But it, he shoots at like one of those other demon things crawling out of the pit. Yeah. Uh, and then knocks it like triple backflips it back into the pit. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, he's my hero now, too. He's like, who wants some? And he just goes over to a guy who's not saying anything. <laughs> he picks on a random guy in the crowd. <laughs> this guy wants it. What? No, I'm. It's all good. Oh my god, the 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 sword boy and the torch, the fire boy is like, it's just when when Arthur's like sword boy and a kid comes over with the sword and he pulls it out of the sheath, but he like <laughs> uses kicks his the kid over, kicks the yeah. kid over. Uh. Yeah, and then he he shoots the sword. Yeah, that whole part is really great. Then cut to him being like completely bathed, eating grapes, and having women all over him. And then um, the woman who's going to be the, like the main the main female, and the rest is what is Sheila, and her like apologizing because she thought he killed her husband. Um, and then the witch shows up. The witch scene in this part is really cool too. Yeah, it's just this movie is just like set piece after set piece of like action and like comedy like action comedy um yeah and like the <laughs> he loves the move of shooting behind him with the shotgun <laughs> yeah. the shotgun also obeys no laws of like how many shells did he grab like there's no there's no logic to it it's like unlimited ammo and then like halfway right. through the movie he does find more in the trunk but like yeah at one point isn't he just firing off like it's like it's got it's a yeah, double he's, he's barrel playing it like it's a like it's a sh like it's a rifle not like a right shot. yeah exactly no 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 but that was that was at the end of the movie when he got it fresh from the back of the store it's still you have to reload it every time but it was a rifle though that time well, oh, was it oh, yeah, at the well, end okay. okay at the end at the end was a rifle but um when when he's he's like hey she bitch i thought <laughs> <laughs> i was like what a, what is that insult like repetitive i guess but <laughs> well she's a bitch but also yeah she right um maybe just to differentiate from like dogs she bitch so i <laughs> he then is like i need a hand we basically that we're like we need to overcome that i don't have a hand so we're gonna build me a hand because like that's not plot convenient anymore <laughs> Although, yeah. we didn't even talk about when the wise man throws him his chainsaw and he jumps up and connects to his it arm. In. Yeah. Um, but they build him a hand. Apparently, this S-smart guy, I'm okay with him being able to shoot demons out of the air. But, like, who built this hand? Like, it seems like he took a lot of, like, <laughs> like he put a lot of uh, of the thought into this. And then he's, yeah. like, making fun of Sheila. Like, you don't understand alloys and chemical compositions and you're too primitive. And I was you like, primates. You work, you work at S-Smart, man. <laughs> but he also has a trunk full of chemistry books for some reason. Like, this guy's studying. Well, that's off probably time. to, yeah. like, they were probably like, wait, how does this guy know how to make a hand? And like, all right, let's that's, throw some books in the trunk. That's one of my favorite montages is when they pimp out that car and they find all the stuff in the car. And they're, they're, uh, they're like reading how to make gunpowder and they're they're melting down the alloys and everything like that. But with with the hand, you know what doesn't make a bit of sense is that they built it in a way where they have like pulleys for each finger. What does he pull it with? Because he has no fingers. It senses his like, other hand. 
Yeah, his other, his other it, just, it senses the nub, probably. I mean, once again, this guy's a genius, and I don't understand how that stuff works. You went so to the who, uh, who are our the... primitive minds to question him? You went to the <laughs> Tony Stark school of making shit out of nothing. <laughs> Tony Stark built this in a cave with scraps. Um, I like the scene where, well, first of all, the kind of calling back to the other two movies, the camera chasing him to the windmill. Yeah, um, is really cool. And then the little Bruce's is an awesome scene, like breaking yeah, the mirror. I, I just love all these cool practical effects. Absolutely. Like, nobody's ever going to put that much effort into that kind of a scene again. It's all just going to be CG. <laughs> was, and also, it was also like very Gulliver's Travels, too, when they. Like, yeah, absolutely. Was it all Bruce Campbell playing himself or did they get a couple of stand in lookalikes? There's there's a couple like two shots where there's a guy dressed as Bruce Campbell facing him away from camera. But uh, anytime you can see their faces, it's obviously multiple Bruce Campbells. They hired a lot of five inch guys that like really resembled Bruce. <laughs> the... No, but I mean, like when you have like obviously it's green screen, you dope. But what I'm saying is Casting that thing really deserves an applause. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> they got they got the same people from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. No, but the the you know when they're all there, like five or six of the little ones. I thought maybe there was a couple of like like stand-in actors. I'm sure there's stand-ins and lookalikes when they're actually physically interacting with each other. But exactly. anytime they're separate, it's just very cleverly hidden split-screen seams. We didn't it's also talk just of- highly impressive. Like so, yeah. like the it's it looks so legit. That's really good. We we um I love how because they're tiny they have like a higher pitched voice than right. than Bruce. But we didn't really talk about this back in Evil Dead 2. Uh but how the hand somehow is making critter noises. Yeah. Like the entire and Sometimes time, like, it makes like words that you can actually hear. Like I think it calls yeah. him a son of a bitch at one point or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> uh but yeah, so I mean, it's kind of re- reinstating like, oh, this is uh, originates as a cabin in the woods sort of movie with the, him being in the windmill. As soon as he gets out of the windmill, he like he, the guy is swallowed by him and he, he drinks right. boiling water, <laughs> which doesn't hurt him at all. Right. But it hurts all the people in his stomach. His face gets put on a like a, a very hot piece of metal and he pulls it off with the what like spatula. A, yeah, spatula. Yeah, yeah. yeah spatulas it off and then nothing on his face. Face looks fine. But so you you have a thing with eyes, David, and I feel like this is when the movie kind of got where it needed to get to, where like his shoulder became a giant eyeball and then it was growing a second head. I'm talking about eyeballs getting stabbed in a realistic way. Like, um, okay. yeah, like the movie Green Inferno. Also not a thing I can Another handle. Another Eli Roth title. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I don't know. He's also just not a good actor. And I don't know why Tarantino puts him in things. That's like another <laughs> another question. That's but yeah, I can't take. I can't handle it. It's not a hot take. It's a very lukewarm take. Well, I know in Inglorious Bastards, the reason that Eli Roth is in it is because Adam Sandler wasn't available. Could you fucking part. imagine how awesome that would have been? I think it would have been great, honestly. Dude, him calling himself the bear cheer. Just great. Yeah. So uh ba- like back to this, one of my favorite parts. I don't even know if this was intentionally supposed to be this, but he goes up to the Necronomicons. There's three of them. And he's trying to figure it out. And he's like, oh, yeah, I have to say thing and then say this thing. And he's like, what's the last word? He's like, definitely an N word. Definitely an N word. And I was like, don't say it. <laughs> Just don't do it. I, I I love how when he has the three books presented to him in front of him, he's like, no one said anything about three books. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and he goes for the first one and it like swallows him into hell or whatever. And then he looks at the second one and then he looks at the third one and he sees the third one like in like on a pedestal presented really properly. And you could see his thought process being like too obvious. And then yeah, goes that's a for the, it goes for the wrong one anyways. So he grabs the book. He's then under attack by like skeletons. Then like all the other people are under attack and he comes back. And I like there's like. At one point, I forget. I don't even remember who he's talking about, but it's just like he's just like randomly talking to some person. Like, get the fuck out of my way! Like, and pushes someone out of the way as he's going. He's like, "All right, I want to get out of here." And they're like, "What well, did you say the word?" And he's like, "I kind of 
I approximated it. Yeah. Like I, I might not I have said it. every little syllable, but you know, <laughs> I I said your words. It's fine. Uh, and they're like, "You have fucked us." And he, this is one of the, like, it's definitely done kind of purposely to be kind of shitty, right? Like where he's like, "No, I just want to go home," and everyone calls him a coward. And then thirty right, seconds right. later, he's like, "I've learned my lesson, and I'm now a hero." Like, let's save everybody. It's not even that. It's everyone was like, oh, what a coward. What what a what a loser. And then all of them decided to run away. And then he's the one who's like, what are you going to run? We should stay and fight. <laughs> um, we totally forgot to talk about the fight between Bruce versus good Bruce versus evil Bruce. Um, right. Because evil Bruce comes back to lead the army of darkness and that uh, that's a huge plot point. But I, I love how Bruce Campbell is just acting the hell out of this being like. He's like, I'm bad ash and you're goody two shoes ash like that whole thing is just <laughs> yeah. great. He's the line dancing around and singing songs. The line back to him, though, is like, I'm just the ash with the gun as he shoots him. Yeah. It's yeah. Like my favorite. Um, and then he chops him up, <laughs> buries him. <laughs> I didn't realize that Bad Ash turned into the dude that was leading the Army of the Dead. That like yeah, yeah, yeah. in my head. I did it think back I was up like, and then it's reassembled. I did think like that's probably Bruce playing that guy though. So at least I was yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, and then we basically get like a Lord of the Rings castle ending, you know, where they're right, yeah. trying to break in. Um, and I thought this was like really well done. Um, just yeah, overall, the, like, there's some great effects here. Yeah the the best effect that I saw is how like usually if you have like an army of the dead you would have the the like the actual people in the skeleton costumes in the forefront and then like the the skeleton dummies in the background but Raimi does something really different where he switches that because they all have to be like believably skeletal like you could see yeah. through their jaws and you can see through their eyes so he puts all of those in the close up shot like almost like puppetry Right. And then you have like the the people in the in the bad skeleton costumes and makeup in the background filling in the space. I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. And and some of my favorite effects are in this uh, sequence, like the when they're launching the explosives and they they do like a slow motion fade to white as like a bomb goes off and it and it's throwing skeletons away from the explosion or the shot where he's driving the car with like the helicopter propellers on the hood and it's just chopping up bones as it goes through and then a couple of the dudes run in front of it and they get thrown off screen yeah and it's just like a system of like pulleys and and right. um like bungee cords you know snapping back with them yeah uh playing with your like how far away they actually are from from the thing even if it's like just fake bones being chopped up they there's like a adr giving them like a little oh no oh, yeah 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 i um i love when he gets in the car and i don't know I, like it, I think it's kind of unexpected too. Like you see them doing stuff with the car, but I thought they were just using the parts for like different devices. So when he comes out in the car, like just killing everything in sight, I thought was really cool until he sees Sheila and he's like, Oh, that's that lady I banged. I gotta get back to her. Um, <laughs> she did things that people in the future will not do anymore. <laughs> yeah. It seems weird actually considering what he has at the end of the story that he would go back to the present and like work minimum wage at, at a market for the rest of his life when it's like you could have just been here having ladies feed you grapes in the medieval times for the rest of this you know but i mean s smart probably has some great health benefits and we're not looking into that uh, maybe i didn't know. consider that i doubt it i doubt they have good <laughs> health benefits and he also just has another woman throw herself at him right away too right like he just gets ladies I think that was Sam Raimi's brother. <laughs> Again? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, he, there's a woman. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Um, but also, like, is is Sheila a weird name in medieval times to anyone else but me here? Like, it just does not feel like it's a it's an yeah, old enough name. It does name. seem weirdly placed. One of uh one of my wife's favorite facts to tell people is um, so the the name Tiffany is actually like a medieval renaissance name, but you can't use it in movies like this because people would be like, what the fuck are you using? Like, 
right, right, right. basic bitch name from the 90s for this movie. Um, so I don't know about Sheila. Uh, I did have a question about uh, when you're fighting an army and you're in a castle, why is your drawbridge down? Yeah, like they break through the gate. Why is the bridge not up? You have a no, 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 no. They they did. They you must have missed it. So they put the drawbridge up, but the army of darkness had like a little plank that they put over the moat themselves. I look like the drawbridge. Am I the only one who noticed that detail? I I wasn't paying close enough attention on this rewatch. I think you made it up. (laughs) Okay, I think you fucking made it up. Well, that's for our listeners out there. You can tell if I uh, lied or not. Um, so, yeah. So we we get to the... the. I think this kind of lasts a little long where he faces off against... I, I guess it's just Evil Ash at this point. But he's fighting between Sheila, him, the skeleton army trying to get the book. And then up the wall, down the wall. I think it just lasts a little bit too long. Yeah. Um... Just the pacing, I, I like. Um, th- there's this one line. Okay, so he's he's at the bottom of the wall, and he cuts the rope. And there's like a whole bunch of rocks, and they fall onto a skeleton, and he, it, you know, pushes him up. But that skeleton, as is trying to crawl onto him, says something about getting his gizzard. But then later on, Evil Ash says something about getting his gizzard. I was like, what is the obsession with gizzards for these guys? Well, they're the same guy, though. They're they not have the same words. Are they? Aren't they? I, I didn't think so. I don't know why we're focused on it. I, I mean, in an hour. So to answer your question that you then didn't let us answer, I feel like in an hour and 20 minute movie, maybe it kind of feels like it lasts a large part of the movie. But I mean, it's only like 10, 15 minutes, really. Um, it, I, once again, I just think it was kind of a well done like little piece. And then uh, everything's fixed. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, they once again, they just established that like the demonic face can just go away. And so Sheila's beautiful again. Yeah, she's, she's cured basically by killing the evil. Probably bang you beautiful one once, more time. But you got ugly real fast. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've, I like that line too, but probably bangs one more time. And then he's like, you know what? Back to S-Mart. Like I'm scheduled to work tomorrow. So I really need to go. I, I mean, finding a lady in the 1300s is probably like, yeah, this is a good life. I'm like, they want to make me king. But also it's like, I have to shit in a hole. <laughs> There's no TV. Like I'd probably go forward in retrospect. Hail to the king. I would stay baby. There, probably. Hail to the no TV sounds great. I guess, yeah. But how would you finish though, like the eighties? I wouldn't. I would take a break. (laughs) Take a break. (laughs) When he gets back to S Smart, like I I mentioned before, it's one of my favorite parts of the movie. It's just because you have um which brother, which Raimi brother is talking to him? Because it's it's it's, Ted. It's Ted. So Ted's Ted. Ted's like, (laughs) uh, did you say the words correctly this time and he's like look <laughs> the same might, excuse yeah the same thing i might have said every syllable exactly the same which of course lets the deadites into the, and i think that's the whole premise for the show ash versus uh evil dead uh, oh okay i haven't is, seen any of the show so i think the show's premise is that he said the words wrong as he does in this and that lets a portal of deadites into the real world hence the show um but obviously it lets at least one in with uh with that old woman couldn't tell if they were trying to make it like the same deadite from before or if this is just like what deadites look like is just gymnastically inclined older women i don't yeah and you've seen i assume the uh the director's cut alternate ending of this I I have, but I forgot how it goes. So instead of being told to recite the words exactly as they are written in the book to travel back to his own time, he is given a potion and he tells him to to drink like one drop of the potion will send him 100 years into the future. Like he'll sleep for 100 years. Oh, he yes. Says to drink like specifically you, you, could, you, need, you need to drink six drops of this to get back to the 1900s. 
and so he's like i i I can't remember the exact numbers because it's been a while since i saw it but and then he he accidentally like loses count in the middle of it because part of the room like collapses and then he goes back and says the same number twice so he accidentally takes an extra drop and he wakes up to like post-apocalyptic yeah the the universe is destroyed and he's just like i slept too long he's the last person on earth (laughs) which would have led to an awesome like post-apocalyptic sequel but they didn't go that way no, it kind of ended from there. I mean, there was the show and then there was the uh, the remakes, which I I haven't seen the newest Evil Dead Rises, but the the Evil Dead remake, I think it was 2013 or something. 13. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan because it kept the same tropes as like as this one, um, but actually made them scary, which which I was like, all right, I uh, I really like it. Yeah. And I know there was like a sort of rumored merger of the franchises where they talked about the survivors of the remake were going to encounter Ash and have an adventure mm. um, together, having both gone through the same thing separately. I think what happened is the um, the series started like losing interest. They're like, oh, we're not going to yeah. do that. I did yeah, read the show that, got there, canceled. that for this movie, there are like four different versions of the movie. Like not so different, right? But like, you know, there's the two endings, but then there's like a, just a couple other versions, like based on where they were released or whatever. Yeah, um, I know there's been so many different DVD and Blu-ray releases of yeah. specifically Army of Darkness. It's like one of the most re-released movies. When I was gonna watch this, um, it said it was on Prime, and then I go to Prime, and it's like this is not available. So I had to like pull out my, I bought the Blu-ray like a little while ago for like super cheap. And I have like the screwhead edition. I don't know what that means. It just means it's an hour and 20 minutes. So whatever that meant. Yeah. The one um, I have is is called the the bootleg edition. And it looks like a crumpled paper bag is like the cover. And the title is just like handwritten on the paper bag. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> but that's, that, cool. that's actually how they released it for the alternate ending with uh, sleeping too long. Well, I, I, there's like other like like CDs and movies that have been released that look like it's just written on. Like, so it looks like a fake thing. Yeah, you know, like like an old city and people like when they get it, like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this real? Like, <laughs> did I just did Walmart sell me something fake? <laughs> yeah, I think we can wrap this up. Um, you know, I being the one who hadn't seen these before. I had obviously seen like a lot of the iconic parts of Army of Darkness, but um, Evil Dead too, like definitely kind of snuck up on me as like, well, especially when uh, when Alan was telling me like, oh, it's just like kind of the same thing. And, you know, but, yeah, but I really enjoyed it um and i thought army of darkness was pretty good too like it was definitely a an enjoyable ride for for people who hadn't seen it before yeah for for me this holds a lot of nostalgia especially from college because i think it's just like it's such a cult classic that you're willing to overlook some of the quote-unquote bad about it and i guess the bad just comes off as maybe cheesy like too cheesy at times but i feel like it's just like for what it is it's it, it's kind of like one of those you can just sit and watch and just enjoy not really have to think much about it so for for me i think it's uh it's a really good movie to to do just that yeah i, th- I think it's weird that evil dead 2 is the one that i've seen the fewest times because it is really close to being my favorite of the trilogy i think army of darkness barely edges it out just because of the fun factor and it gets a little bit cornier and sometimes i really love that i also love like high concept horror stuff where you're just like what if a guy was fighting these zombie creatures in medieval times but he's from the present (laughs) and it's just like um just weird enough to really get me excited for it um but you know it's it's rare that someone can take the oh you know evil shit happens in a cabin and make it different and unique and entertaining compared to this 600 other movies like that um and i think that Raimi really pulls it off and and it really stood out i know it made a huge impression on stephen king to the point that stephen king was like trying to get sam Raimi to direct adaptations of his work like he wanted him to do the thinner miniseries and he kept trying to get him for other things and and it was him who talked uh dino de laurentis into producing the second and third installments because he was just like, this guy's going to go places. We need to make sure he keeps working. So this, uh, watching army of darkness this time, it did feel a little bit like the precursor to prey, you know, the idea of like putting this in a different time and like how that would affect things. And like, 
Alan, don't mention feudal Japan, but it does feel like that is just like an area that is ripe for like future movies to just like continue yeah. with. Cause it's just like the, you know, it's endless possibilities. But like, it's reminding think... me now that they did the same thing in the Ninja Turtles franchise. Dude, <laughs> fucking the third three is so <laughs> elite. Like one is clearly <laughs> the best, but three is like the most fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, next year, I think we have to do the 2013 Evil Dead remake. And we'd love you to be back on it, Patrick. Oh, sure. Will. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not vintage it's not old but i think it's uh i think it'll be fun kind of picking out the things that we notice uh sure yeah the re the that they reuse essentially but yeah well that'll be an i finally watched for me because i have not seen that one so about time about time well thanks for listening to another episode of i finally watched this is david and this is lon and this is patrick and I, David, finally watched Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness.